Hi, Mike Gibson, John Carroll coming to you live from Sky 2017. We're talking about PFOs. What's the state of the art in PFOs? I mean, it's quite a long journey uh, to get uh, the device through the approval process. Uh, share a little of the journey with us, John. Yes, Is it I, traumatic to relive the journey? <laughs> no, I think it's a testament to uh, persistence. Persistence, but also, uh, you know, we didn't really have basic pathophysiology worked out as well as in other disorders. And so, uh, and we had the conundrum that you do have incidental PFOs in the vast majority of yeah. adults. 25% of adults yes. have this innocent yes. remnant of the fetal circulation. And so only in a very small subgroup is there a manifest disease process that could be related to a PFO. So I didn't think that was part of the problem. And secondly, we did have a release of two PFO devices early on for the HDE as a transient uh, approval that then went away. But then there were ASD approved devices that could easily be used off-label, sometimes were identical to the PFO devices. And so um, that's hard to have a active uh, randomized uh, trial when the active new therapy is kind of available down the street. Right. And, and, and you, you think of a young patient having a stroke, a 40-year-old, and they survived it, and they want to do everything possible to uh, prevent another one. And to enter into a randomized trial is a big deal, and then if they get randomized to traditional therapy, they have a sense they're missing something, so mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. made a challenge. That made it but tough. We, we, we persisted, the patients persisted in the trial, the sponsor uh, persisted in its support, and the investigators around the U.S. and Canada persisted, and what we got, I think, were the kind of data that not only allowed FDA approval, but also gave us better clarity of what this disease process is all about, the safety of the procedure, proper patient selection, and the fundamental need for partnership with the stroke neurology community, right? Because these are stroke patients. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. You know, it's not just a cardiovascular problem; it's a stroke community problem. So, how did you build that community? Well, the the respect trial had a steering committee uh, with two interventional cardiologists and two stroke neurologists, Jeff Safer from UCLA and David Thaler uh, from Tufts and then Richard Smalling from UT Houston, myself, were the interventionalists. And so right then and there, I think that's the kind of partnership, uh, an equal partnership right. that's key. Yeah. And that should be replicated now in clinical practice. Mm -hmm. These patients need to see a neurologist, and they also need a consultation with a cardiologist. Right. So how are things going after the device has now been approved? I mean, how's the uptake of the procedure? Is it? Increasing, uh, improving? It, it certainly is um, increasing. Um, and I've heard word from European uh, physicians that the changes there are fairly dramatic based on FDA approval and, again, also based on just the scientific evidence now that there is a, a clear uh, demonstration of superiority versus medical therapy alone in reducing recurrent. But a lot of those things have to happen. We have uh, this is a young to middle-aged population, so they're not in the Medicare, so 
We're not looking at CMS for a national coverage decision. We're looking at individual private insurers having to change existing policies where they said PFO closure is experimental, there are no approved devices, blah, blah, blah. That has to change. Secondly, we have to have professional societies update their practice advisories uh, and guidelines. And that's obviously a slow process, slow process. too. And are some ongoing trials now going on in the space? There are, Mike, and there are two next week at a European stroke trial that many of us are really attuned to, the Gore-Reduced trial, mm -hmm. another uh, secondary prevention in cryptogenic stroke patients, uh, young middle age, uh, that will be reported next Tuesday. And a uh, very unique trial in that it used brain imaging to increase the uh, event detection rate post-randomization uh, mm -hmm. because so you can certainly have uh, recurrent strokes that don't reach the clinical threshold. Right. Uh, and that's important. Secondly, in their medical arm, it's aspirin alone versus mm -hmm. uh, closure with a with their device. Uh, there's a mix of Helix and their newer generation device, Cardioform. So perhaps that will bias the trial for higher event rates because uh, in respect, we saw a major treatment benefit versus aspirin, less so versus people around warfarin. Right. And so right. that's uh, that's gonna be. And then Professor Moss is presenting the closed trial, which is a very important trial that hopefully will be adequately powered but randomizes patients following cryptogenic stroke to three groups. PFO closure with whatever device you want to use, and there's that French and some German centers, uh, antiplatelet therapy, and anticoagulation. So this will be the first really comparison of two medical treatment strategies right. and, and right. PFO closure. So yes. we're all excited to learn more about the optimizing care of these patients. Sure. I'm excited to learn more about the imaging part. You know, now that we're doing even better imaging, we're seeing a lot of people have these micro bleeds. Yeah. I'm sure we have a lot of micro infarcts as well. Is this a disease where it's multiple hits or is it just one big stroke that gets you? That's a, a great question because, you know, most of these patients don't have the kind of overt venothromboembolic disease, the DVTs and PEs. We're talking about two millimeter clots mm -hmm. that can occlude one's middle cerebral artery. And if that clot had, in fact, gone to the lungs, there'd be nothing. Sure. The filter function of the lungs would have taken care of that. So I think you're your question is very important of the sensitivity of our methods of detecting microemboli uh, unless they end up in a location where the clinical manifestation right. is huge. Right. It's, uh, there may knows? be more there than we know. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, thanks for leading the field, John. Uh, we're all very appreciative of this as a tribe. And uh, thanks to all of you for joining us here live from Sky 2017.